All right, on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche, superstitions and sports pretty much go hand in hand, but the logos on the floor of the locker room seems to be getting a lot more press lately. And is it that one a little bit out of control? We're going to address that one and others on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Definitely subscribe to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below. And when you do, you chat with Kyle and I one-on-one and give us your opinions like we will today on Ross Colton. Uh, He is our season preview, which you can see if you're watching over on YouTube. Uh, We'll get to him a little bit later. Uh, Two questions came in uh, through, through the email uh mode very good ones about uh players becoming coaches and gms so we'll talk about that but where we want to start today why not the abs are playing right now but we can't watch it another one of those preseason games that we can't watch but you can tune in to connor mcgahee if you'd like to do that uh games coming down to the wire as we're recording this there's less than 10 minutes left and i think it's still one to one right it is it is indeed short-handed goal uh, by Andrej Pavel, I believe. So good to see him. I mean, I think this is his first preseason game because he was a little bit injured. But hey, a shorty from from the youngster. You got to love that. Great. Uh, More people that we have to decide on who's going to fit in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's too little too late for him, if you ask me. But <laughs> um, where we're going to start today, sir, we're going to be like, you know, a little bit all over the place today. But it, it, this has come back up again, and it's always been there, right? But anything Connor Bedard does right now is like, you know, th- that, that's the NHL's version of Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. Now. No matter what Connor Bedard does, like, uh, you know, hockey people are going bananas over it. And he was doing a post game interview, uh, I think it was after this first preseason game. And some, you know, one, one of the no nos in the hockey world is, the logo, if the logo's on the floor in the locker room, you don't step on it. And apparently somebody did, and he saw it, and he he didn't really, like, say anything. Like, he didn't, like, berate the person or anything, but he was a little bit peeved by it. And you're seeing this now. Now everybody's got to talk about this again, even though we know that it's been, like, a superstitious thing. We'll get into superstitions in general, but what is your take on this specifically, logos on the floor in the locker room is 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 it you know a, a no fly zone don't go over there or is this like hey it's on the floor it's where i walk what do you want me to do if the avs needed a center who can't skate and they wanted to give me 13 and a half as my jersey number i would show up in that locker room and i would sit in there and they would say don't step on that logo on the floor I would say fine. 
Right. I, it would not affect me one way or another. And honestly, if I think if you did an anonymous poll on these players, I think there's like a 60 to 70% majority of these players that would say it doesn't matter. It's just locker room politics. If you, right. yeah. if you just don't step on the logo because the captain said don't step on the logo, they know who's going to fall in line for the team or who's going to be the diva. And kind of just like shake things up i think that's all that is i don't think it's a superstition thing i think it's a way of kind of like towing the line and just being a team i don't think it's so much of a superstition anymore as they like to portray it as because i don't Um, i i can't remember the last time we get to the end of the season and somebody's wrapping up their season summary by saying we would have had such a better season if insert player name here right, step yeah. on the logo. <laughs> uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN is taking this and running with it, and I'm kind of loving it uh, because he just thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, like this is this is where like floors are designed to walk on, and he's kind of of the mind of like if you don't want anybody walking on the logo in the locker room don't put the logo on the floor in the locker room. And you're seeing this. A lot of teams are now putting it on the ceiling. The Avalanche are one of those teams that have done that. But if it's if it's if it's a remodeled or new locker room, there's not going to be a logo on the floor just to prevent this stuff. And I'm with you. Like I think it's just it's a little bit silly, but I would respect it. And and the tough thing is like that's where a lot of people are. There's a lot of foot traffic in there, not just from the players, but that's where the press goes after a game is over. And it's tough. Sometimes those locker rooms can be cramped. It's tough to not step on it. So if you don't want them doing it, then do some things so it doesn't happen. And if you can't, I'm not saying like if you can't have the locker room remodeled, because obviously that's money, What whatever, teams have that. Then, then put something over the logo, like put put a board or something over the logo, so so we're we're not just you know getting annoyed at at this because I just think it's a little bit silly, but I also understand it and I also respect it, and I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but it's just if someone's going to do it, like I can almost guarantee you it's not on purpose, so don't go after that guy because he might have had a heel on the logo or something. And I love the that it's a different meaning in every sport. Like we just saw it with the Colorado Buffs. Like they're disrespecting the logo by walking on it on the fifty yard line. Well, then why are why is it on the field if it's such a cherished logo? Yeah. Just put it on the sidelines or up, like floating on the ceiling or something. Like, like you're gonna have but, to play on that logo. And it's the see, same for hockey. You got to skate across the logo at center ice. You drop the puck on center ice. You tip <laughs> off in the NBA at center court court, like on the logo that's your pan down shot like i it's it's ridiculous to me and like that it's still going on i again i feel like it's just one of those can you believe he stepped on the logo like this guy he doesn't know what he's doing and it's your way of like saying hey observe the locker room and how we do things in here and you're going to be just fine (laughs) i feel like that's where it is but to go the Connor bedard thing like my gosh how many highlights have I seen of him just deking? I would love to see this yeah. goal come along. Like, yeah. come on, let's let's do something. Yeah. But oh my gosh, he blew it's blowing my mind. Look at this deke. You gotta find something on this Bedard kid to keep the hype going. If this is it, whatever, it just makes me ready for the regular but, season to finally get going. Yeah, but and and if it wasn't him, it probably wouldn't be getting brought up. I well, I know like somebody in Pittsburgh on, on the Steelers. 
um, put up like orange cones around there. Oh yeah, logo in the locker room, and I'm just like, yeah. again, I get it, but let's have a little bit of leeway here. Uh, <laughs> and this just goes into like superstitions in general. And there's, I get it. It's big in sports, especially hockey. Massive superstitions. The big one is, you know, not touching the conference uh, championship trophies. Those to me are are sillier than not stepping on the logo. If you were to tell me to to rank some some superstitions, I would definitely put don't step on the logo in the locker room. And I just made my feelings known on that. I'd put that higher than not touching the trophy. I think not touching the trophy, the conference trophies, is one of the more dumb ones, if you ask me, in professional sports. I don't like that at all. I've never understood why that's a thing and why that's bad luck. And I, again, it's one of those that you go to the cup and you lose in the cup final. And we would have done this if we didn't touch that conference final. Guess what? If you lose in the cup final, that's the only trophy you're going to be touching. So what does it matter? Right. I mean, I've always said like you get to a Stanley cup final, like, and when you're in the conference final, that's an achievement. Celebrate it celebrate that achievement you don't know when you're going to be back there again so yeah you lose the the con or if you win the conference final don't touch the trophy lose in the stanley cup final you don't obviously don't get to touch that trophy and you never get back there again you've not touched a trophy in your entire career i i i'm and the statistics show it doesn't matter it actually uh the athletic put this up right before the golden knights and and the panthers went in um to their Stanley Cup final. And they went back to 1997 and they went to all the conference finals where one team touched it in one conference final and the other team didn't touch it in the other conference final. And there's 11 times that that's happened. Eight of those times a team touched it and then won the Stanley Cup. So there goes your theory. If if you're one of the don't touch the the conference final ch- uh, championship trophies, means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. And I really wish this would end, but it's never going to. It's on. It's almost to the point of the sports equivalent of step on a crack, you break your mother's back. <laughs> you know it's dumb, but yeah. every time you get close to a crack, it crosses your mind. And you're it like, does, yeah. You're like, yeah I want to. Or, or, I'm going to step over this, and that goes. You know the the chalk lines in baseball. Yep. You're you're always going to hop over those. Again, it doesn't really. Uh, to me, like I didn't when I played baseball, I didn't like stepping on the chalk lines because I didn't want to. I liked the uniformity of it. I, I like it just had yeah. a nice look to it. I didn't want to step on it to to you know agitate that nice chalk line. Had nothing to do with superstition. So that's why I but I didn't make this like dramatic leap over the chalk line like you see some guys do. I just stepped over it. That's I, just, I would <laughs> I did the same thing when I played baseball because I didn't want my coach yelling at me. Yeah, because you exactly you're gonna have to hear from it because there was rules, probably don't step on the chalk lines. But it, it's fine. Like Throw out some superstitions. I know the beard is one, you know, the, the playoff beard is one that, and, and those are fun ones, right? Those yes. are fun ones. So those are fine. Uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who have superstitions on how you uh, taped up your stick or how you put your, your equipment on the same all the time. Henrik Lundqvist had a great pregame routine. He did every single day. 
stuff like that's just kind of like fun. But if he if he strayed from it a little bit, did that make him play bad? No, no. But you just you, you keep going with that stuff. So it's fun. It's fun. All right. Uh, let's continue some fun discussion here. And uh, we're going to talk about players who retire and then get into either front office work or behind the bench. Do we like it? Does it work? We'll talk about that next. But first, we are going to talk about Indeed. And when you are drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, then you need Indeed. And Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business and you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. So if you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, we got a uh, a good email from uh, Mr. Allen, uh, who sent us an email with a couple questions, and uh, we'll answer both of them. Well, let's answer the the second one first because the 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 first one is kind of fun. Uh, but he asks, uh, f- "Let's see, would you would like your opinion on whether you think former players make better coaches and GMs?" And you see this a lot, obviously, you know, players go into the coaching profession. Some like our Joe Sackick go into the front office profession as GMs and, and have success. Um, But I don't know what like percentages are in terms of people that succeed. I don't know what you would consider successful or not successful, but in hockey, um, I, I think, you know, a lot of guys want to become coaches. You see it up and down the league. Um, I would say they go more towards the 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 coaching ranks first than, than like front office stuff. And do I have a problem with it? No, I think like they know the sport. So, um, but I, I think being a GM is, I'm not saying coaching is easy. I'm not no. saying that at all. But I think being a GM could be a little bit more of a difficult position than than a head coach for a former player yeah i think a former player i think you have a longer leash when it comes to being a coach because if you are just somebody who just understands the game of hockey if you the second that locker room kind of turns on you or your voice is just kind of just background noise that's it you're done but with coaches like rod the bod brenda moore right or san st louis like those are guys that you're like, okay, I this guy's been there. He understands what's going on. Maybe I need to listen. He's going to give me some insight because he's been there. He's gone through training camp. He's gone through preseason and practice. I'm going to listen to this guy. And like even yeah. like Jared Bednar, 
he, he technically is a former player. He had some like like hockey experience as a sure. player, sure. but just the way he relates to that locker room because he understood that grind and that push and that and it's not always successful, but you just got to stay like stick to it. That also translates. Right. I don't know why I feel this way. Like when, when players retire and then immediately get a head coaching job at the pro level, yeah. For some reason that bothers me. Yeah. I don't I just feel like you haven't like cut your teeth. Like you you ha- you haven't gone through the ranks. Like you've never you've never coached at any level and then a team is going to hire you at the premier level of the sport. That's always bothered me and I'm not saying like they don't deserve it. They clearly know the sport, but coaching is different. Yeah. Just because you're successful on the ice as a player doesn't automatically mean you're going to be successful as a coach. And there's a lot more to it than that. You got to have good players around you. You got to be in the right uh, system. You got, you got to be, you know, have a good front office and all of that stuff comes into play. But I don't know, like that's always just been a thing to me personally. Like, and and I've always remembered for some reason, Jason Kidd. I was just Jay- about to say Jason. Kidd. Were you really like yep. that one sticks out to me for some reason? I know it happens a lot. Aaron Boone, pretty good. Aaron Boone's another one. Yeah, yeah. And, and he still and he gets sh- jobs, which it's because he's been there and they understand. Well, like they yeah. want that insight. I get it, and it's it's same goes for um, when guys retire and want to go into broadcasting. Yeah, and it's like you've never like that used to be an art. You know what I mean? Like the the guys that you would listen to were just had the voice. Like you went to school for that stuff. And now we just hire them because it's a face and people know that face and they'll tune in to watch them. And yes, they've played the game, but again, it's different in a broadcast booth. You got to be able to project that and you got to be able to, to explain to millions of people what's going on. So then can, they can digest it easily. And that's not easy to do. So I don't like it. And again, this is another thing that that's, this is just where we are with sports. Guys that retire, Tom Brady just did it. You have no idea if Tom Brady is going to be good in the booth, right? Uh, no clue. But you have guys that that do this stuff, and they're going to go into the, the the broadcasting booth. They're going to be head coaches, and some are going to be GMs. And the the people who who kind of want to do this the the I guess the quote unquote right way and going to school are behind the eight ball because they're fighting with former professional athletes and i just it's not fair to them but it's what sells it's what yep. what the dollar is so yeah and i know uh, and when it comes to gms like we kind of got lucky with joe Sackick, and you oh, get, yeah like but that's a a much smaller number of former nhl guys that go to the gm because the dollars and cents and what keeps the lights on doesn't really entertain a lot of guys. They just want to stay close to the game and impart sure. their words. That's why you see a lot of them go the coaching ranks. Sure. Yeah. Um. So his other question is, he goes, if if we decided to step aside from Lockdown Avalanche, blasphemy. Um, who would you want to take your place from the current Lockdown NHL hosts across the network? Um. I'm going to cheat on this a little bit because I'm not going to pick someone from the locked on NHL 
world? I'll, I'll give you two answers here. Uh, one is someone with locked on NHL or locked on just the locked on network. And uh, that that's Paul Holden over at locked on Rockies. Just because I feel bad for Paul yeah. needing to uh, report on, on the, the Rockies and do a show uh, day in and day out on that team right now. So I would almost want him to, and, and I don't really know if he's a hockey guy. I, I think he is like he fought, but I, I don't know if he's like, a, I think he's just a, I don't call him a fair weather fan. I'm not saying that just, he's a casual hockey fan, yeah. but I would almost want him just to be able to host this show just to be able to talk about a team that that's winning a little bit more than, than the Rockies are. Uh, and my second answer would be, I would want somebody completely brand new. That's never been with the network because that was you and I. I mean, I did podcasting for for years, but in different forms. Um, but I got into you know doing it with with Locked On, and they took a chance on me, and then I you know brought brought you in. So I like that. And here I am talking about people that have never done you know sports broadcasting before, and maybe that's why I feel that way is because people like you and I uh, just got to be given a chance and. I think we're pretty good at this. So that would be that would be my, my other answer. Yeah, I would have gone with Cody from Lockdown Broncos. So you're staying in the in the the he, Colorado State. Yeah. He understands. And I mean, we we have a cup, so good. Enjoy yeah. it a little bit over here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and if I had to go locked on NHL, you know what? I'm just gonna throw it to Dinker. Adam Dinker, locked on <laughs> lightning. Come on over, bud. <laughs> I don't know if he would. Uh, he would do that. He he likes he likes the Avs. He's not uh, against them. So and that I think yeah. you'd have to go east and bring someone from the east. Because see, I I painted it in my mind as if I'm going away, you're still going to be sitting here. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can you can you can run this with Dinker. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, I mean, that, those NHL shows we did for a few years were were definitely fun. We had to step away from that though, but. Um, all right, so one more bit of business to get to, and that is Mr. Ross Colton and his season preview, and we're going to do that next. But first, we're going to talk about FanDuel, and you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet, and that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now to get those $200 in bonus bets. And again, you get those win or lose. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Ross Colton says two days in a row where we've done a new avalanche. We did uh, Ryan Johansson yesterday, Ross Colton today. Um, and I think he's, he's another one that, that is going to excite abs fans. It's kind of like this, this new approach that they took uh, for, for the type of team that you're going to see this year, a little bit more physical, uh, a little bit more short up down the center. Um Definitely more short up in in faceoffs. I keep talking about how excited we are about faceoffs when you've been so inept at it for the last handful of seasons. To no longer be that way, 
is is exciting to me. But face-offs aside, I think uh, fans are going to be excited for what they get out of Ross Colton. And I intentionally pulled Ross Colton today, right after Ryan Johansson, because if you, we all remember back when we talked to the previously mentioned Adam Dinker of Locked On Lightning, <laughs> the Lightning had plans to also build a lot of the Lightning around Ross Colton and what he brings. They loved his play and would have loved to bring him back. They couldn't afford to, and we are the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Everything we said about Ryan Johansson yesterday and everydayers, if you didn't get a chance to listen, go back and listen to Ryan Johansson's season expectations because if he doesn't live up to those expectations, Russ Colton has every tool in the tool bag to take that 2C if need be. And especially sure. with his line mates and, like you've been mentioning, Chris, his face-off ability, it's one of those that there is no, if let's just say Ryan Johansson doesn't live up to the hype. You could drop him down to 3C. Ross Colton comes up to 2C. No, no one is losing sleep over that because you're going to be good either way. I think the only sleep you would lose is, well, we brought in Ryan Johansson to be the 2C and he, and he can't handle that for whatever reason. But, you're, I mean, in terms of replacing, if, if it ever gets to that level, let's hope it doesn't. Yeah, I think who you're you're bringing in is you know to replace him for hopefully a short term mm-hmm. um, is okay. I think it's okay. And and um, getting over to our subtext people, um, Vargar says uh, Ross will end up. <laughs> here you go, man. Ross will end up as the two C, uh, surpassing Johansson. Colton uh, will get twenty seven goals, and he says fifty three points. And not only that. He be, also becomes a fan favorite. Offset question, like off ahead, that ahead. first preseason game, you he was noticeable, and his game. I just kept thinking about, boy, I'd love to see this in like a four or five game stretch, and him build off this, and the team build off that. I, I got excited as well. I think that's going to he. I agree, Vargar. Great yeah. minds. Um, I, as far as you, you pick those like fan favorites, and those are kind of like those like unsung heroes. You know, like Darren Helm was stuff like guys like that. You know what I mean? Like, Brad Hunt for two weeks. <laughs> um, everybody loves the Kale McCars of the world, right? But but I think that that's a good point that he makes. Like Colton could be that guy mm-hmm. that that just the way he plays. I I think uh, Miles Wood could be that guy. Yeah, just for you know the that those guys that just put in like maximum effort all the time. So I think he makes a good point there. Uh, Easton. Uh, pretty simple numbers here. 20 goals, 20 assists, 40 points. Flashes of upside, and he gets better at penalty kills uh, and second unit power play as the year goes on. Absolutely so. agree. Um, I'm excited to see what it looks like on the power play mm-hmm. and what brings might be a PP1 guy. Uh, it, I mean, anything is possible. A- anything is possible. So, well, it... it I think he he slides in there if there's just somebody that you know, if, if like Johansson's struggling or something on the power play one. Um, I can't really imagine anybody else really kind of struggling that much where you'd take them out. But he would be the everybody. Only one. Look at look at the logo that you probably have in arm's length. We're Avalanche fans. Injuries happen. If he sure. has to slide to fill in for somebody, we are going to be fine. Yeah. No, and I think that that's part of it. Is and. It, it's kind of what they did with, with JT Comfer all those years. 
Um, but it didn't really work out with the exception of last year for JT Confer. So I, I, I just feel, and maybe it's just like the, like the newness of Colton. Maybe it's that where I just feel like it, you know, what, what the potential of what he could bring to the team. Um, I feel kind of excited about that. And just because you knew what you got had in, in JT Confer for all those years. Um, and with Colton, let's see, what's his, uh, so the past two years in 21, 22, he had 39 points. Uh, last year he had 32 points. And the past couple of years he's been durable. 79 games played in 21, 22, 81 last year. So that's another thing that you have to like about him. And those those point totals also are not coming over averaging 15 minutes per game. He has not gone over 15 minutes of time on ice per season, and he's mm-hmm. still logging those kind of numbers. So. But but look at like the, where, where where are we saying with Johansson like and we threw out his numbers yesterday. That's what you want in your your two C the good years, mm-hmm. the good years in that fifty five to sixty five. That's what you want out of him on top of everything else that he can do uh, with his defense and his his face offs and stuff like that. Colton is the same for the third line. Yep, you maybe go up a little bit if you can reach that forty point barrier. Um, as, as your third line center and still be great on obviously, you know, uh, penalty kill or, or even in the faceoff dot, it's what you want. So, so yeah. they, they, they've, they've input players in, in their respective lines and they're just asking them to obviously be the best that they can be. Um, and, and their history shows like they can do that for Johansson for the second line, Colton for the third line. And if Colton needs to prop it up, for a couple games because someone's hurt or whatever you have confidence that he he's capable of doing that and he can take that on yep so that's where we're at i think overall uh again things are looking pretty good for the avalanche what, what's the score is it over did, did it is check? over three one dallas three what the heck happened in the last seven eight minutes joe pavalski two one and yeah. then empty netter another one yeah garbage time empty so. netter okay all right well whatever um yeah it's i mean dallas had a lot of a lot of their pros going in this uh, one, regular so. seasons around the corner this game yeah. doesn't matter no hey pavel good. got a short hit hey, goal hey hung with them for you know that's a lot of young guys that the abs had out there and they hung with them for most of the game so um yeah i'm sure we'll see some stats and and you got a up. nickname so what'd you say oh it was juice yeah juice, juice. okay i like that i'll go with that how do we feel about that (laughs) all right comments away in the comment section for anything we talked about here today um but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of lockdown avalanche thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day that is always appreciated he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris Maselli, and this is the lockdown avalanche podcast and we will see you guys tomorrow go abs go